church family. Welcome this morning. Happy New Year to you. January 9th, 2022. Happy birthday to Pam Howard and Linda Arnold tomorrow. Uh, ninth day of January. Um, I've heard it said it takes 21 days to make a habit and 21 days to break a habit. And uh, historically, January 1st, uh, we want to strive to start new habits, maybe. Some people may have New Year's resolutions that have started. Uh, It's been very encouraging on the Bible app, the uh, amount of people that are wanting to uh, read through the Bible this year, and it's been very encouraging receiving comments and seeing the different highlights as uh, we're going through that uh, year through the Bible app. Um, If you look in your bulletin, today's title is Good News, and um, we'll take a brief look in some passages in 1st and 2nd Luke, 1st Matthew, and 1st Acts. My so-called maybe New Year's resolution, or something I strive for this year, is to come here and worship God, to be active within the worship service, not only with our singing, but as we're worshiping God through looking into His Word. I think for some of us that are here every Sunday, there are certain words we hear, and our mind almost becomes numb or used to hearing them. And the word good news has been one that I hear good news of the gospel. And sometimes it just goes past without really resonating here and thinking about how it affects me and my life and my heart and my actions and my interactions with others and my conversations through the week. Um, We have good news in the world, you know, that we hear. In our, in our circles of communication and the people we know, we hear about somebody maybe getting better from something happening or somebody getting a raise from their job or somebody graduating or accomplishing something good, right? Good news. But when we're here at church, good news has a different meaning. When we talk to our friends that are believers in Christ and our brothers and sisters in Christ and we talk about good news, We're specifically talking about Jesus dying on the cross to save us, his resurrection, and us believing in that and receiving salvation for our sins, hope, and a promise for eternity. And that's our definition of good news. Sometimes I hear that good news and it passes by my brain quickly. I'm praying this year the good news would resonate more and be impacted every morning. Before we get started and look into God's Word, would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the freedom here to come and worship you, to sing to you from our hearts, to give you praise in our worship. We ask, Lord, now as we look into your Word, that your Holy Spirit would enable our hearts to worship you in your word. That you would bind 
Satan from this place, that you would take him away when we are distracted by thoughts of other things. Help us, Lord, to look into your word and to receive your goodness and your love in your word. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. If you wouldn't mind looking at Luke chapter 1 with me, um, starting the verses that we're really going to highlight will be on the board, but starting in verse 5, we're introduced to Zechariah, who is a Jewish priest. And for you that are familiar with this passage, he's the father of John the Baptist, but this is what took place before he was a father. His wife, Elizabeth, um, is from a priestly line through Aaron. The Bible describes them as being righteous in God's eyes. They were careful to obey the Lord's commandments and regulations. And the Bible describes to us that they were very old and that they were unable to have children. Zechariah was serving at the temple, and it was his turn through a cast of lots to go into the inner sanctuary and burn incense at the altar. While he went in, the Bible describes to us that there was a large group of people outside praying. And while he was burning incense, an angel of the Lord appeared next to the altar, and we're told that Zechariah was terrified. Don't know about you, if you've read through God's word in the past, when the angel of the Lord appeared to most people, immediately they were terrified, white as a ghost. Have you ever imagined what this might be like if it happened to us? Have you thought about this being in the presence of God's glorious radiance with an angel in front of you? Um... If I was Zechariah, I would be terrified. As I'm getting older, I'm noticing my heart and the strength of my heart. And as I'm getting older, I'm noticing the condition of other bodily functions, and I'm just going to say I'd probably need to change my pants. Zechariah was terrified. Starting in verse 13, we read, But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son. And you shall call his name John, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will return many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. For Zechariah, this is good news. Not only that him and his wife are going to have a child because they, as we read later on, have always longed to have a child, but that their child would be preparing the way for the Lord. 
that their child would be one that would bring Israel back to looking to the Lord for direction. This is good news. And if you know the story, Zechariah doubted. And he asked, well, how can this happen? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. And as you know, if you know the story, the angel responds to Zechariah, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God, and I come to you to bring you this good news. He tells Zechariah in verse 19. I have come to bring you this good news. But Zechariah, since you did not believe, your mouth will be closed to speech until the baby is born. Zechariah walks out of the inner sanctuary. The crowd of people that were there praying observe Zechariah. And they know that something's happened. The Bible describes that they realize he's seen a vision. I'll say he had an encounter with an angel that gave him good news. Later on in chapter 1, down to uh, verse 64, the baby was born. The uh, Elizabeth says the boy's name is John. The crowd of people that have come to celebrate with Elizabeth are like, there's no, no, it can't be. There's nobody in your family named John. They get a writing tablet for Zechariah. He writes on the tablet. His name will be John. And immediately, Zechariah's speech is brought back to him. In chapter 1, starting in verse 26, we're told an angel Gabriel comes to visit Mary. She appears to Mary in Galilee and says, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, the description in the Bible, and after uh, verse 26, Mary says, it says, Mary is bewildered, wondering what's going on. She's in question about it. This is interesting to me because most of the other accounts where an angel appears to somebody, they're frightened. But Mary is questioning and wondering what's going on. And Gabriel says to Mary, uh, starting in verse 30, And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. His kingdom will be a kingdom that will last forever. This is good news. Mary questioned the angel, but I guess not being there, She didn't question the angel maybe in doubt, but she asked the angel, how can this be for I'm not married? Right? And the angel describes to her and says, the Most High will overshadow you. The Spirit will come upon you and you will have a baby and he will be holy, the Son of God. Mary says at the end of the chapter, May it be as you have said. She, she is in confidence agreeing with the angel. But before the angel leaves Mary, the angel 
gives Mary the example of her relative Elizabeth, who is now pregnant in her old age, and describes to Mary that nothing is impossible with God. This is good news. Nothing is impossible with God. The angel gives Mary assurance. This is good news. Nothing is impossible with God. If you don't mind turning over to Matthew chapter 1. By this time now, we see Joseph. And Joseph is described as a righteous man. He's engaged to be married to Mary. And as the Bible describes Joseph as a righteous man, he did not want to disgrace Mary publicly when he found out that she was now pregnant. So he was planning to break his engagement quietly. Now Joseph and I might have something in common because the first couple times the angel came to Joseph, he was asleep. And I'm thinking that that's, the Lord knew the very best way to come to Joseph. But the angel came to Joseph while he was asleep. And as we see in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, as Joseph considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. This is good news for Joseph. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is great news for us. He will save his people from their sins. He goes on into verse 23 and says, Behold, he quotes the uh, prophecy that, I'm sorry I didn't write down exactly where it was from, but it's the prophecy where they're prophesying that angel will that Mary will conceive and bear a son from and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us is good news. This good news is delivered to Joseph. Uh, Joseph did exactly as the angel instructed, and he, mar- he did marry Mary, as we know. Um, this good news had to be relieving for Joseph on his level, because I don't know all the details in the situation, but here is the woman he was engaged to marry, and she's pregnant. And he was, I'm sure, disheartened and saddened. But now not only can he marry Mary, but he knows that The child within her is from the Holy Spirit and will be the Son of God, here to save his people from their sins and be Emmanuel, God with us. That night, the night Jesus was born, back to Luke chapter 2, if you would please, um, as Jesus was being born, we know that there was a census and Joseph took Mary Uh, to fill out in the census. And as they traveled, there was no room for them. So as we know, Jesus was delivered in a manger and wrapped in swaddling cloths. 
Um, that night in chapter 2, there was shepherds in a field nearby guarding their sheep. Um, I, I hope that someday we can have an instant replay on DVD and see the events that happen on earth. Because I picture this, and it's not only a neat passage with lots of great verses, but it's a beautiful picture. Um, when the weather's nice, if you know about being outside at night and the stars, and also with livestock, it's calming, it's peaceful. An angel of a Lord appeared to them, starting off in verse 8, um, chapter 2 of Luke. And they were surrounded with the radiance of the Lord's glory. They were terrified, is what were described. But that description of being surrounded by the radiance of God's glory sounds phenomenal. An angel appeared to them, and they were terrified. And we read in, in chapter 2, starting verse 10, the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that is for all people. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And He will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, before the shepherds, was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is certainly good news. The shepherds, when the angels left, were told the shepherds went right away to find the Messiah that was born that they were told about. And they did, and they saw it. And they went and told everyone they knew everything that the angels told them, and then the truth that it actually happened, and they got to see it. The Bible tells us everyone who heard the account from the shepherds was astonished. This was good news. This was something that changes everything. A Messiah born to us. Peace to those with whom he finds favor. Good news. Moving to Acts chapter 1. Jesus was on earth. died on the cross for our sins. And in Acts chapter 1, after Jesus' resurrection from the grave, we're told that he met with the apostles from time to time over a period of 40 days. Once in a while, he would eat with them and tell them about the kingdom of God, 
and about the coming future. He told them in verse 4, Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift He promised. And we know that's the Holy Spirit. That's good news. He said, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That is good news. And when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, Jesus told them you will receive power to share the message from the ends of the earth. This is very good news. The disciples, still not understanding everything Jesus was talking about, started questioning him. Father, is it, or Jesus, is it the time for you to restore your kingdom in Israel? Is it the time for you to take over? They still didn't understand everything. And Jesus responded, the Father alone has set the, the date and time, and it is not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and this is good news. He went on to tell them um, that you will be my witnesses to spread this message to all the ends of the earth. And then we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 9. And we had, he had said these things, and as they were looking on, he was lifted up. And this is Jesus' ascension to heaven. And a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way that you saw him go. This is good news. This is not only good news for us. This is good news for all people. Our Christmas cantata had a song, Everyone Needs a Little Good News. And one of the lines I may not get right, but it said, A baby, the baby in a manger came to save you and me. This is good news. When I was a young person in Sunday school, we were blessed with a, a worship time in our Sunday school, and we had big flashcards that the leader would bring up, and we would sing the flashcards. And sometimes they got creative, and we would do fun little things. We might shout words to emphasize certain things. But we had a song, Good News. And um, I'm not going to painfully put you through me singing, but I'm going to share the lyrics. Good news, good news, Christ died for me. Good news, good news, if I believe. Good news, good news, I'm saved eternally. That's wonderful, extra good news. And we'd play a game sometimes where we would shout the extra as loud as we possibly could. And you would, could imagine in any building, 
the adults might hear this and somebody might come down and keep that down in here. We're trying to have Sunday school or study, right? And as kids, we just thought that was great and hilarious. And then we started playing a game where we'd shout extra, but without saying anything, extra. And as a kid, that was a good memory. But as I shared my New Year's resolution, I'm going to strive to focus. Christ died for me. If I believe, I'm saved eternally. And that's wonderful, extra good news. Because see, this good news isn't just for us, and excuse me, this good news is for our loved ones, and for our family, for our circles, in the community, for the people we know and care so much about that don't know the good news. This good news, I pray, is revived inside you each day as we've been studying in Galatians through our Galatians series. Daniel's helped us and show how Paul, in each of his letters, urges the church, remember your first love and faith and belief in Christ. Christ alone, faith alone, salvation alone, in Christ alone. When we don't do that, we easily get sidetracked and stop focusing on Christ alone. I want to share one more verse in closing that unfortunately we did not get on the board. But it's another verse where Paul encourages the church. In Colossians chapter 2, if you don't mind me reading this for you, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 11 says, When you came to Christ, you were circumcised but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead because of your sins, and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away, then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. This is good news. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We ask, Lord, as we go from here, that we would strive through this week to look to you, to look to your word, to grow in your word this week, to let your word of good news affect every part of us, our heart, our mind, our soul, that it would affect us so much that it would affect our relationships around us, that we would be used as your vessels to glorify you to others. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. As we come to this time of commitment where we also be taking of the Lord's Supper, we get to remember the good.